Oh, hello and welcome again to the Footy Dictionary. My name's Harper Pessinger. I'm joined, as always, for this special Things About Football edition by Hamish O'Brien. Hamish, you going well? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm very good. Very excited to get into chatting to our very, very special guest. But first off, as always, a couple of little tribunal hearings, a couple of adjudications we have to run through. Important matters, uh, matters from the weekend in footy. The first one, this is from North Melbourne versus Richmond in the AFLW. I uh, had a banner saying, congratulations, Jenna Bruton. 52 games. Hamish, <laughs> what's going on there? <laughs> Well, originally we had a discussion about this and, and we worked out that it was because she played her 50th and 51st game away from home, but surely mm. you'd think they could, they've could they got the funds to take a banner up to Sydney or Perth or wherever she was playing her 50th game to do it there. Yeah, well, the, fir- the 50th was at Alberton against Port Adelaide and the 51st was Vic Park. I would have thought you could do Vic Park, but even then, why not just say congratulations 50 games because you're not congratulating them on playing their 52nd you're congratulating no. them to their 50th right so even exactly. if you're a couple of weeks late just say congratulations 50 games that's pretty obvious right I would have thought that would be the, the done thing but um, <laughs> clearly not according to the shin bonus you, you Peter know, well, and, your thoughts and sorry sorry you haven't introduced me as yet but I thought I'd jump in because uh, Craig McRae actually made a big song and dance for Darcy Cameron's 40th game before his 40th game at about round 15 this year. And the players watched highlights of his uh, game in the pre-match and had a good laugh about it and then uh, set him out for his 40th game. So the world's changing, mate. These milestones are not quite what they used to be. You just make them up and go for it. Yeah, <laughs> you make it up as you go along. But that, that of course, is the, the dust toads of Peter Ryan, uh, Juno from the age. And Peter, we might hit you um, with this. We've got a clip. It's an ad from PointsBet. And just a diabolical misuse of footy language. People who are meant to be in this ad trying to teach footy language, just they're all over the place. Here it is. So they dribble it. Yeah, they bounce it. And a long-range goal is a three-pointer. No, up the guts at six. What if it goes to the side? Just the one. Up the guts is six. Peter, <laughs> what's, up, what's going on up, there, mate? <laughs> up the guts is six. I'm trying to translate it. So is he actually trying to say that it's a goal if you go through the goals, or is he trying to say if you come streaming out of the middle... He doesn't know. I don't know what he's saying. He's, he's, he's completely gone with 70s lingo, which is up the guts. I mean, we're, we're now in the modern era of corridor football and uh, hitting the right lane ways. Um, yeah. and, and really, if he's fair income, you use the word maximum, don't you? I'm only joking. I wouldn't yeah. use the word maximum. But, uh, <laughs> or sausage roll or something like that. Well, maximum people know what you mean, but if you say you've gone up the guts, it's implying you've gone through the middle of the ground, gone end-to-end, but he's just kind of mixed up his um, footy metaphors and he's gone through the middle of the goal, mixed it up, gone up the guts, when in fact it's not that hate. It's it's, it's really a disappointing development, actually. Uh, Very disappointing. If there's there's one man we we feel sorry for in this whole um, debacle, it's got to be Shaq, doesn't it? I mean, the poor (laughs) fella. How, how's he yeah. going to recover from not knowing the proper lingo? That's well, just I, just, I, I, know, I know he's going to be caught at a bar in New York and there's going to be an Australian Melbourneian there and he's going to be talking about up the guts and they're going yeah. to correct him and it's going to be an awkward situation for everyone. He's finally caught Shaq and had a chance to have a beer with him and he's talking rubbish football. <laughs> he. His reputation is just not going to be the same. He's just going to be laughed at. 
yeah, potted with <laughs> uh, miscellaneous vegetables uh, whenever he walks down the street. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I reckon it's time, Peter, uh, to talk about what you're here to talk about. Of course, it's the things about football, what this episode's all about. Your three niche loves and your three niche hates slash dislikes, because maybe hates a bit strong, of football. Yeah, yeah. So do you want to get into your first, uh, your first love, please, Peter? Well, it's it took me a while to think about this, actually, and I was kind of uh, having to, um, you know, do your homework that it gave me because there's so many things I do love about footy but not in the quirky manner that you guys actually wanted. I've got to say it's the smell and the feel of a new Sharon, and you tell me if there's any better moment in an office or in a schoolyard or in a schoolroom or when the, someone pulls out a new Sharon and you just have to grab it and take it straight to your nose and give it a big sniff before you actually start handballing it to whoever is closest to them. They take a sniff and they get it back to you and hopefully not take out a pop plan on the way. I'm, I'm in grants. I think it's – actually, just further on this, do you reckon – would you package the smell and bottle it up and use it as a fragrance? Are you, is this how good the smell is or, or is it more of just a nostalgia thing? Uh, that's a really good question, actually. I would, personally, but I'm not really known for being a great uh, connoisseur of fragrances. Um, <laughs> in fact, probably the opposite. Um, I reckon it's more the nostalgia of feeling like I've got a, a new Sharon in my hand and what damage I could actually do with this Sharon if I actually had it in the middle of the ground ready to, you know, take it off the pack. Um, or take it off the Ruckman's hands. That's the dream, and you just get it and think, how good is this? It's a little bit like taking the, you know, the new kookaburra. Um, it's just that same feeling. <laughs> if there's going to be a be footy... Sharing. Sorry, Arthur. <laughs> Sorry, mate. If there's there going to be a footy person, whether it's a player or an administrator or a coach or whoever... Yeah, doing the ads for the uh, Sharon fragrance. Who do you reckon it would be, Peter? We know we know Wardy was big on his fragrances. Um, yeah. He had SW23. Um, yeah. But who do yeah, the Sharon fragrance? It actually, it actually the works, the SW23. I'm a big fan of the SW23. Don't worry. <laughs> do you um, use it? Is it been a Christmas present uh, or something? It's got a, great, it's got a significant <laughs> presence in my bathroom at home in the ensuite. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, I reckon Luke Beveridge would be the man. I reckon he'd be strutting out with the, uh, with the polo top on that uh, obviously shows off a fair rig, even his age, and uh, he'd have the probably two Sharons, one under each arm, and he'd strut out there and then he'd uh, bounce one or drop one and then sniff the other and say, you know, TW, get it on. <laughs> Do you reckon Bevo's a bit too hip and cool to be doing fragrances? Do we need someone who's a bit more of a pretty boy or not? Uh, that's a really good question. Probably says uh, I come at a different angle. I'm kind of looking for the um, uh, macho kind of regular guy rather than someone who's, okay. you know, a pretty boy. I'm not sure that um, we need, um, you know, we need to actually go down that path. I think we can have every man and uh, go in for the fragrance in that regard. <laughs> Dermy would have done it back in the day, I would have thought, for sure. I was trying to think of the word. It was a metrosexual, which is a very 90s, 2000s <laughs> word. But, uh, you know, we don't need to go down that path. 
I'm just picturing those footy calendars that they used to make about 20 odd years ago with, <laughs> with all the boys with their shirts off. You get a shirtless Luke Darcy or something holding the fragments yeah, up, lying down on his side. No, no, that's true. But just remember this thing the essence of it is the sharing. And, uh, you know, it not only has the fragrance, it has that emotional connection that really any good advertiser of a fragrance would want to get with a, um, with a, a consumer. And it has to be a Sharon, doesn't it? Just to clarify, no Ross Faulkner's, no Boodley's, no Buffalo's, Sharon all the way? No, I'm glad you said that, Hamish. It's a really good distinction to make because a Burley Seacom, it ain't happening. Disgusting. You're not strutting out there. You're not strutting out. Even in WA, they'd laugh at you. I want to dig a little bit deeper, though, and I'm not a big buyer of leather goods, are all leather, do all leather goods smell like Sharon's, or is it a distinct Sharon smell? Uh, well, it's a bit disappointing that you actually have to ask that question, Harper, but I'll take it on notice. Of course it's different. <laughs> okay. I mean, how many okay. times yeah, do you get good. an emotion? Yeah, you, you know, I mean, I think of the Ramones if I put on a leather jacket. I don't think of, uh, you know, a Sharon. But the smell itself, like a, a new leather jacket smells different to a Sharon, right? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, you know, okay. I can uh, I can walk down the street with a Sharon wearing a leather jacket, and I'll know the difference. <laughs> now, I'd, maybe it's you're probably known master. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll, I don't pull out a leather us... jacket and just take it to my nose and kick it. <laughs> I don't think any of us are masters of their aromatic sciences, but I'd really like no. to know if any people are. I'd really like to know what specific chemical thing within the Sharon it is that produces that smell. But I reckon, Peter, it's time to move on to your second love of footy. What is it? Well, it's a good question, and I'm, I'm going back to my notes here, but um, it's the ridiculous ads and openers that become earworms for everyone. So, you know, like, shut up, the footy's on the radio, or the boys are back, the boys are back, or it's Monday night, we're talking footy, or Frank Walker's National Tiles. <laughs> yeah, do, are we... Are we, are we are we up yeah. to speed with all these ads? We are. It, it, yeah. kind of, uh, it kind of distinguishes between people who are actually listening to SEN all day <laughs> versus people who have a life. And so if you can uh, mention Frank Walker to someone and that they immediately say back to your national tiles, you know, you've probably got a half a chance to have a friendship with them. Mm. That was good. Yeah, I can see you in shock here. <laughs> You should get a job in media, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you had this one coming, didn't you? Did you have, have something to say? Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, actually, when when we read this at first, um, <laughs> Peter, we actually thought you were chastising it. I don't know what it was, but we thought you were yeah, we, giving them a clip, clip over the years, and I was ready to get up in arms about it because I was, I was pretty flat about that. I thought, mm, like, of all things that I love, it's the... It's on the radio, and you get like the, exactly what you were saying—the the call signs and what yeah, what yeah. have you. It's um, yeah, no, it's great. It makes you feel like it's winter, and if you're in the car with your mates, and uh, you know mm. that ad comes on, or even if you're on your own, let's face it, occasionally you've belted it out to yourself, <laughs> and uh, it just gets you in that footy mood. For me, for me, the number one tune that gets the pulse racing in terms of well, footy talkback, find his final siren. Sometimes oh. you. Kick. Sometimes you get kicked. Oh, what a what a blast from the past that was. No, no, that is absolutely true. And then you got Throat W, who's uh, the theme song Melbourne Football. That starts your Saturday off to a good day. Like you think, I better get out of bed now. 
are there particular <laughs> particular theme tunes or jingles that you don't like that annoy you too much that are kind of too earwormy or something like that? Well, it's, there's a fair chance, and you know, I don't mean this disrespectfully. Obviously, I work for Channel Nine, but there's a fair chance that some of the Channel Seven, um, you know, intros to Friday Night Footy, mate, Friday Night Footy's all right, but um, you know, some of those I can't even think of them off the top of my head. I'm trying to get rid of them, but um, I'd imagine that a few of them have annoyed me over the journey. I know that they used to have Johnny Farnham's playing to win, used to drive me crazy. Mm. Um, well, I, th- I think Daniel Cherney spoke about this as well, and. A tune that's just been shunted in recent years, just cast to completely the back of the room. It's been the thing about football, like Greg Champion, oh. and it's it's yeah. I, I I was born <laughs> in '03, and I don't think I've heard it once in footy coverage as an opener or anything. I know it was used in the '90s or um, that kind about, of era. That's a thing about yeah. football. Yeah, what no, a great song it is. It's yeah, so it good, and it just I mean, yeah. Maybe Greg mean, Champion's yeah. demanding too much for <laughs> royalties or whatever, but I don't know. Well, I'll show age and uh, some of Australia's bands like Spiderbait had a song called Footy, which is a great should be actually used more as a, a footy anthem. And there was a band called Alloy Head and the Victor Motors, and they used to have a, band, a song called Ball Yes, which was a great classic <laughs> at uh, Melbourne pubs back in the early nineties. Hey, I know you're a big fan of the Fox Footy theme song as well. Oh, massive fan. It oh, just composed beautifully. I don't know if it gets any better than that. No, and I think, right. I think uh, you know, Wikipedia goes straight from uh, Mozart to the Fox Woody theme. <laughs> you know, let's face it, it's, it's, um, it's just, it's genius. It's, it's been... It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's, it's been switched uh, over. Though, you do, you, in a serious, and I'm not being serious, but on a serious note, you do miss those things. You do miss those things when footy season ends, you know. I mean, it's absolutely a, um, do. It's a moment it's a that you kind of don't really reflect on enough, but it is a hole in your life, absolutely. Yeah, and the um, oh, maybe it was three, four years ago now, but Fox Footy before their Friday night coverage had the full orchestral thing with the the video and a very well directed, well shot thing. But I, I haven't seen that for the last few years, Hamish. Maybe I'm missing something, but it's, yeah, disappointing uh, to say the least. I know the, I know the full version's up on, on Spotify with the... With the yeah, well, on YouTube as well, you can get the and YouTube, video yes, version. But, yeah, it's very um, good. I'm not sure about the actual TV coverage. I think they've gone with the more um, electronic version of it, which is still good, mm. but it just doesn't quite have the same tone as the, the full orchestra ripping into it on a Friday night. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, no, you, you, Hamish, I can tell you get into your um, your fragrances and your um, classical music. It's fantastic. <laughs> Nothing better. <laughs> Straight from the 1820s. Him to a team. But, uh, Peter, shall, shall we move on to your third? This is kind of actually related to your second love. Your third love of footy, one that I like very much. Uh, well, the pre-game discussion, the talk back on radio on Saturdays from midday, and it is, sadly, I have to say, sometimes I enjoy it more than the actual call of the game. Wow. I mean, the talk back is uh, captivating is not quite the word, but it is. Uh, it does make me laugh, the passion that people have for their footy team and the ridiculous and great tangents that people go on um, about what has happened on the Friday night 
that's just passed and there is always some sort of controversy that gets people fired up to the point of just being great to listen to. Yeah, it's a tremendous thing to listen to. And what it doesn't really hit the same spot. Fox footy, a few years ago, they stole all the people from SEN to make their new show Saturday Countdown. And then yeah. Hudson and Brereton yeah. and King. Yeah. And on TV, yeah. and when you get rid of the talkback callers and it's a kind of yeah. pure chat show, it's not the same. No, no, it's, uh, it's not even close to the same. You, you've got to be... Um, you know, you, you've got to be not actually conscious of what's happening around you but get caught up in the radio. You're not actually sitting on the couch watching it. You're either in the car or you're in the kitchen or you're um, somehow finding yourself in the backyard doing gardening or whatever you guys would be doing, lying in bed recovering from a hangover or something, and you're just listening and thinking, oh, oh so Carlton won, did they? I didn't realise what happened there. And you get the full, you know, the full gamut. I mean, I've got to tell you, my, um, my sorry to... So, but Harry Beitzel once read out a letter that I'd written into 3RW as a 10-year-old, and it's one of the highlights still of my life. <laughs> well, what was in the letter? Uh, it was talking about my brother's team, which is a bit embarrassing, who'd been undefeated for five years, and I was saying that it deserves some sort of recognition, which Harry gave it, absolutely. Um, you know, and so I was pretty proud of that, that fact. Yeah, that's that's very good. And your your brother was tuning in, I hope. Ah, uh, well, yeah, we were sitting in a caravan park somewhere, uh, you know, on Labor okay. Day weekend or something like that, listening. It was one of the highlights of our family life. Actually, it was probably the closest <laughs> we've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done any radio work yourself in your, in your time pedal? Yeah, yeah. Well, I do K Rock for. Um, I, I live in Geelong, so I do K Rock for pre-game for K Rock quite often, okay. um, most particularly when they're playing Geelong, but um, it's not quite at the level of listenership, like nowhere near as the um, the bigger the bigger uh, radio stations such as Triple M and AW and ABC. Well, is there talk back on it? Yeah, yeah, we still have talk back, but I don't think the, <laughs> again, there's not a lot of listeners uh, ringing in in Geelong. Um, you get a That's few and they're mainly myself. regulars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have had that, don't worry. We have had that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Amish and I know very well about that. Glenn from Glenn Waverley and uh, <laughs> certain things like that. But uh, what, what's the kind of secret uh, trick to making a good talk talkback coverage, Peter? Well, not something that's manufactured. I don't think that you need to have one of those talkback calls like, you know, who's worn the biggest shorts um, in the history of the game. It needs to be something that actually happened on the Friday night, like, how big a disgrace was that score review at the 20-minute mark of the third quarter and did it cost Richard in the game? That's that's what you want. Or has, you know, has uh, Damien Hardwick got a plan B or is he kidding himself? Or how does Ivan Soldo get a game? Like these sorts of things that actually get the um, juices flowing. Richmond under the pump. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I did think that it was two Richmond or three Richmond examples. I, I'm Showing not Richmond your biases, before. Peter. <laughs> no, no, I like Richmond, but I still think they were robbed in that uh, elimination final. <laughs> is, is there a game that springs to mind for you as just a game almost perfectly designed by the footy gods to be good for talk back the next morning? That's a really good the, question. The, the pinnacle. Yeah, no, that is a really good question. I would have thought that um, if they had have had talk back, Back the next day, the 2018 grand final would have been close to that, 
given that uh, um, Braden yes. Leonard was very unlucky not to get a free kick late in that game and it was all calling with five goals up and then disaster. Um, I would have thought that that uh, even that game, that actual game, that Richmond-Brisbane um, game I referred to, from memory had some significant moments that actually was talkback fodder. Oh, no, I'll tell you the one. Now that I think about Richmond-Sydney um, this year where uh, was it Chad Warnick yes, that Kicked the ball gonna, into the into the grandstand. I was going to bring that up for one of your hates, mate. That's bang on the money. <laughs> that is uh, that is perfect talkback for fodder, and it's going to cost Richmond a final, and it's a disgrace. I think everyone has their own kind of perfect talkback game. We're, we've got a Collingwood fan, a Carlson fan, an Essendon fan in this meeting. Hamish, yeah. what's yours? Uh, yeah, no comment, mate. <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll let you think of one. I'll say mine. It's Essendon Collingwood Anzac Day from 2019, um, famous for the booing after the game. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. Nathan Buckley said, shame on anyone that booed a champion, even though we yeah. uh, Essendon fans weren't actually booing uh, Pendlebury. We were just booing yeah. the general yeah. uh, <laughs> the world shocking decisions. Cons- yeah. conspiring against you. Yeah. Yeah, Boo- booing the footy gods uh, up there in the sky. That was just... Well, Peter, as a Collingwood fan, what, what did you think of those decisions in that game and how that all played out? Oh, I didn't think it had any effect on the result at all. I thought it was one of the better umpiring performances. <laughs> I anticipated that kind of answer. <laughs> no, no, I, um, I, do, I do remember thinking, well, that's a bit awkward, but, you know, take it while you can get it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it all balances out. But, uh, Hamish, uh, now that you've had some time to think, have you got anything or are you going to avoid the question again? Yeah, sorry, Harper. I was being a bit rude. All I could think about was round 23 and <clears throat> how much of a nightmare that would have been to listen to the uh, supporters. But I didn't tune in for a good, I don't know how many hours, but it was a lot. So um, you, went, you went off the grid for a good, what, I reckon 10 days after after that game. No, nah, I wasn't, wasn't sighted for a long time, but... Um, I should have come up with something better to answer your question with, but I was a bit single-minded and just had to hit you with the no comment move. Next question. But, um, well, I think, yeah. I think if you're a Carlton supporter, and I'm obviously I was at that game just as a spectator, I don't think it would ever leave your psyche. Like, how could you concentrate on anything else for the rest of summer? I mean, really. Can't. There's a real-life example yeah. of it, just dozing yeah. off thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's a tough life, Peter. I know. <laughs> just just quickly before we move on to your hates, because I, I know we've got to be, be quick, Peter, but um, when you said you went to that game as a supporter, do you, yep. do you get recognised as at all? I, I know you're not <laughs> like a, a TV face who no. <laughs> would be recognised all the time, but do you get yeah. anyone saying, oh, that's Peter Ryan from The Age? <laughs> no, no, no is the short answer, thankfully. Um, okay. Although I do, and and I do, uh, if I'm being honest, I've refined my behaviour on the basis that I am if in case someone does recognise me. And um, I'm conscious of that because, you know, I, I do... Uh, enjoy going to the footy, particularly with my son, to watch the pies and enjoy it, but I don't carry on like an idiot. And uh, I also put in a rule probably 15 years ago that I never drink at the footy. That's serious talk, but, um, yeah, I just don't. uh, A, you don't get to, um, you know, remember the game, but B, it isn't a great look if you bump into someone from footy. Mm. It's the truth. (sighs) 
<laughs> just, uh, I know I'm going, going on with this a bit, but just a quick one. When was the um, mid-strength beer rule introduced at footy? Is How recent a thing is that? <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, I reckon it'd be, I, I don't know for certain, but it'd be 15 years probably. Probably. 15 years, right, yeah. okay. I mean, I remember go, go, being young enough to go to Victoria Park and, you know, it was ridiculous how much alcohol it was and picking up cans at halftime and all those sorts of things that people did. But, yeah, it wasn't strength back then, <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> so actually worth your money and not all watered yeah. down. But I reckon, uh, <laughs> look, again, maybe we don't want to phrase this as hate, Peter. Maybe you don't want to phrase them as hate because maybe you don't feel nah. that strongly about it. But you I dislike. Don't, I don't hate anything in footy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, what's your first one? Well, I think we got rid of the first one and we've got Twitter debates on controversial issues that arise in games. Now, it's kind of a love and a hate. There's a, there's a bit of love-hate with this because I have been known to sit on Twitter and engage in such discussions. But I do think that uh, it's dictating a lot of media and also a lot of the way people perceive what's actually happened. Um, and it has... It has amped the outrage metre quite a bit. And it also, I reckon, there's even things like the tribunal, which used to, you used to cover the tribunal and someone got a week, you know, and everyone thought, oh, that's, that's whatever. But now it's like, is it acceptable? Is the verdict acceptable to the Twitter mob? And that's where it's bizarre what's happened in that regard. Yeah, well, AFL 360 have taken this on so much that they have to biggest tweeted issues of, of the week every week. Know, so it's that the, much oh, in the zeitgeist. I know, I know. And social media is a thing and whatever, but Twitter's just, oh, it's just out of control with the comments people have um, on particular issues and you can never win. Like you're, you, and how can you possibly win with someone you don't know that you're arguing, which is kind of funny, really, vehemently about whether it was a goal or not a goal or whether it was a free kick or not a free kick or whether the tribunal <laughs> suspension was long enough or whether he was knocked out or concussed, or whether it's head high or shoulder, like, how can you win? And well, if you win, it, who cares? <laughs> it can all change so quickly, and you can go from looking like a genius to looking like an idiot in the blink of an eye if, like, Correct. a journalist reveals some new information or something. I remember um, the game that we were talking about, Sydney-Richmond, uh, round 11, if memory serves me correctly, from this year, <laughs> uh, the game where Chad Warner... Um, may or may not have given away 50. It wasn't paid and uh, it could have been a draw, but, of course, wasn't paid. And um, they uh, originally everyone was outraged, uh, saying, oh, this, this should have been 50, should have been a draw, should have had a shot after siren. But then some information, like they, they brought out the rule book or something on Channel 7, everyone was watching yeah. that, and then... <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Um, and then uh, everyone um, just switched, and the people who were um, saying it still should have been 50 were made to look like the fools. Yeah, well, there's nothing worse than a rule book when you're in Twitter. I mean, you know, yeah. that is just a completely uh, offensive intrusion into the whole debate. Who wants logic and rules? <laughs> I find it interesting, Peter, that, in your loves, you had the, the talkback radio on a Saturday midday and in your hates or dislikes, yeah. you've got the, the Twitter I because I reckon there's got to be a comparison to be made there between the two. I reckon they're quite similar in their, their freelance sort of say-what-you-want <laughs> style about them. Um, that is true. The only, th- 
The only thing I would say about that, Hamish, is that uh, at Twitter they can uh, get very personal very quickly if you express yes. an opinion, whereas on Talkback you can choose to kind of wander in and wander out of your own personal um, thoughts about the caller. So you might have someone ring up and say something that you think is outrageous and you just let it be outrageous and you probably calm down, whereas you might fire back something at Twitter and all of a sudden you're just in this fight that you didn't want to be in. Um, yeah. And, and ev- everything escalates. I That's probably you've got the a, point. I suppose you've got, a, you've got the dump button on hand on yes. the radio, yeah. so if, if it ever gets too personal, you can just cut them, cut to Well, that's it. true, but and you can also, um, uh, it's different, I'm talking as a listener here, you kind of think, well, I've had a good half an hour just chilling out, listening to talk back, or whatever, whereas you never really think, oh, I just had a good half an hour chilling out, <laughs> no. arguing with someone <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> just never think it, do you? <laughs> well, on, on Twitter, at the surface level, every uh, tweeter seems equal, you know, and you kind of yeah, um, just ju- judge everyone equally. But on talkback, because you can hear their voices and hear the um, presenter's yeah. reaction to it, and you can hear if someone's had a few too many drinks or whatever, you can say, oh, yeah. this guy's an idiot, and just totally disregard <laughs> the seriousness Correct. of his take. But on Twitter, yeah. someone might just come out with the most batshit take you've ever heard and get 5,000 likes um, because yeah, it's it's not a personal thing and... Yeah, it's, Absolutely. it's a strange 100%. thing. Yeah, I think the rule book was an interesting, as you say, I mean, whoever does that is like, you know, last drinks at the pub, isn't it, really? It's just like, come on, mate, we're having fun here and there you go, you've ruined it and you've brought in the rule book. <laughs> Do you get much backlash from uh, average punters on, on Twitter in your journalistic uh, world? I've got, I've got better at knowing what will create backlash and depending on my mood, I can... Yeah, you know, just <laughs> probably stir them up. Stir them but I try okay. to, I, I, I try to, um, I try not to do that actually. And this sounds a bit Yahoo serious again, but I do respect the knowledge of football watchers and football fans. And so it's, it's, I, I like to engage with someone on Twitter if it's a, you know, I, I'm interested in what people have got to say because people love. Like I'm sure Hamish knows more about Carlton than I do, and I'm sure you know more about Essendon than I do. And I kind of take that as a base thing that people who actually follow their team know more about their team than you do. And that's when you get into trouble, when you say something like, you know, I don't know, uh, I wouldn't say this, but Chera's a hack. And all of a sudden you get 84, you know, Carlton supporters telling you that he's done this and that, this and that, this and that. So, yeah. Yeah, well, it's um, especially for the high-profile Fox footy, Channel 7 type presenters, it's impossible for them to be fully engaged with all 18 teams and know every single thing. And, yeah. like, there's a bit of an issue if, like, there's, there's not many Gold Coast presenters, are there? Like, there's not many <laughs> Gold Coast, <laughs> GWS, Frio legends pre- presenting no. the coverage right. and as, doing as the Paul analysis. Kelly, as Paul Kelly Underwood found when she called them the, the Orange Team. <laughs> the Orange Team. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, yeah, like, even in the future, I, I can't really see that many GWS Gold Coast experts being put onto the coverage. I, I know we've got Phil Davis, but uh, look, he's on maybe, <laughs> what, four times a year or something. Um, yeah. But they're, they're just not big enough and they haven't got enough fans to warrant having a representative in the 
the media, I think. It, it is a um, it is an interesting point to make. You're not really going to find someone who's really anguishing over Tanner Bruin. I mean, I was speaking to someone <laughs> at Geelong the other day, and they said Ollie Henry will probably get booed for the rest of his career, and Tanner Bruin, mm. they won't even know he's played. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> when he plays against GWS. I mean, that's the reality of it, which is a sad reality. I wonder what David Swallow's doing post-footy career, whether he's yeah, interested no. in a gig in media. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, he's the most anonymous well, number one pick ever. I mean, if, if Alistair Lynch ever decides to hang up the microphone, there's a vacancy for a Queensland uh, analyst, isn't there? There's yeah, some, They need to wheel Sam, someone Sam out. Day. Sam Day will step into the breach. <laughs> but or maybe they'll, just, they'll bring back Peter Wright or something. <laughs> Peter, Peter Wright, wow, interesting yeah, call. Yeah. But just to circle back to your um, Twitter outrage thing, uh, we're in November. Now we're recording this on the 4th of November. Uh, the, the men's season's done and dusted, been done and dusted for about a month now. If we were to compose a tweet right here and now to create as much outrage as possible, what would we be tweeting about, Peter? Oh, that's a good question. Um uh, well, I'm trying to think. Would it be um, Geelong uh, cheated on the salary cap? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. like, that, that, that would be something like, how can Geelong possibly be fitting all these players in their salary cap? Would create a little bit of outrage, I would have thought. Um, uh, Brett Ratton's coaching uh, compared to Ross Lyon might create outrage. Um, mm. how, does, how does Geelong get Jack Bowes and number seven? Might create a little bit of outrage. I think people are, are yeah, I'm trying to think. It's not quite as um, dramatic as I, I might, you know, might have Yeah, it's, it's off-season, it's tricky. Rich, Richmond will not play another final for the next five years. That might get them going. That that might get them going. And I Richmond feel... is the new Hawthorne, something like that. <laughs> I feel there is, right, rightly or wrongly, uh, with this Hawthorne investigation thing, the kind of Twitter narrative is definitely, uh, well, at least in kind of my, from what I've seen, uh, mm. on the side of the accusers. Um, and if you said on Twitter right now, Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan did nothing wrong, I reckon you'd get a fair bit of backlash um, from right. the people on the other side, right, rightly or wrongly. I think you're probably right on that. I didn't mention that only purely because I probably mm. am being a little bit careful because it's one of those yes. things that we will, when you're reporting on those issues, you don't tend to tweet out about them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. Um, it's, yeah, very, very tricky to report on it without yeah. <laughs> kind of well, aff- is, offending I mean, someone, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, well, and, it's just a, um, it, you need to be writing, reporting and writing rather than Twitter. Is, Twitter has actually, to be honest, has got me in more trouble with people in football than anything I've written because I've tweeted out something without really thinking it through and they've seen it and been upset by it. And it's a reality if you're a journalist in football that Twitter is a dangerous space for offending people. What about um, horse racing? Because I know you, you follow the yeah, horses yeah. a little bit and ride on that. That surely especially around this time of year, would get a bit of backlash? Well, it would, except that no-one follows it on Twitter. <laughs> well, they no don't cares. necessarily attach. Yeah, no-one cares. Um, they're all... I mean, the other thing is I'm probably... Because I dip into that, um, 
you know, at this time of the year. I haven't got a following that's necessarily a racing following. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange social media world, um, horse racing. It's all about the punt. Mm. Yeah, mm. F- funny one. But I reckon it's time mm. to move on to your second dislike, Peter Yeah, Ryan. right. I'm enjoying these, uh, you know. Uh, the score review, well, I've mentioned that. This is interesting. I just hate score review, full stop. I would ban it and accept the umpire's decision forever. Wow. Now, that's okay. Speak, but, speak to us. You know, why, why is this? this? We are getting into a bit into SEN talk back, veering off the kind of uh, footy dictionary ethos here, but I, I still don't mind it. Continue. Yeah, yeah. Well... Has it added anything to the game beyond talkback? It's a very good question. Oh, well, it's, I mean, it's, it's added it's, some more correct decisions, hasn't it? Like, <laughs> uh, of course, there are some ones that they get still wrong, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you would argue that it has created more correct decisions, but I'm not sure it's added to the game. I think that, you know, the odd incorrect decision is part of the game as well. And if I wanted to put on my likes, that would be one of those things in sport you know, that it's a human game and there are incorrect decisions and it adds to the whole culture. Oh, I was going to say, I'd almost argue that it creates more debate than what it does without yeah. score reviews. So oh, absolutely, um, yeah. when it's by just human, just human decision alone, it's sort of, you know, people get mad about it, but they just accept it and move on. Whereas with the, the score mm. review, it's almost creating more issues like um, there was a, oh, you mentioned the Sydney Richmond one earlier and, Richmond again, the Carlton Richmond one where Jack Nunes kicked that goal and then later on they discovered it was touched. Um, I, I, I think it creates more debate than what it would if they just left it as human decision alone. So um, I'm not sure whether that's, a, whether that's a good thing, um, given it's supposed to clarify everything when it comes to yeah, goals, I, yeah. behinds and what have you. I mean, I'm, I'm not at school about this, but I think it's just created this thing where we don't accept anything less than perfection and then we get imperfection and then we just carry on again about it. But it is the way of the world and we wouldn't have... There's no way that if we went back to a system not using technology, it would last very long because there'd be such outrage once it was one poor decision and we'd bring it straight back in. But and I know we're away from footy dictionary. I hate it. It's the classic where do you draw the line, isn't it? Because you know, <laughs> yeah. are we going to like use technology to adjudicate on every single decision? No, we're not because that's impossible. So, yeah, where do we draw the line up? Yeah, and I touch, kind you know, of... fingers, you know, all those yeah. things. I mean, Daniel Chick cut off half his finger because he had a um, an issue and therefore he's disadvantaged under he the is. touch score review system. So he may have actually got score and they would have thought, oh, my God, he's, after, you know, he's nearly knocked his finger off. Must have touched it. What's <laughs> always – sorry, sorry, Hamish, you go. I what I was going to say now. You, you probably better take it away from me. If... <laughs> okay. Mine's a bit, little bit tangential. But um, what's always baffled me about it is I, I think um, – there are two sponsors of the score review system. We've got the crypto, crypto.com, I think it is, um, yep. which, yeah, I don't know if they're quite, uh, they've got the right target market here. I don't know if the average footy fans uh, would be keen on investing in crypto. But anyway, my main bugbear is RMIT yep. sponsoring the score review. I don't understand it at all. Like, <laughs> Hamish and my own hard-earned money that we pay to, for our uni fees are going into sponsoring the score review, even for games in WA and South Australia and Queensland and New South Wales, RMIT oh, is a sponsor. 
Yeah, well, that is, yeah. that is an outrage. I mean, I'll have to follow that outrage? up, actually. I think I'll be like, with 60 minutes, Nick McKenzie, I'll have to win. <laughs> <laughs> it's just down to what does, the hell is happening here. Like, who is going to a certain university because they saw it advertised on the score review? Probably not the same person you want at the university. Uh, Probably. Yeah. But the other thing, the other point, sorry, go, Sorry, you, you go, Peter. No, well, the other point is, and uh, this is, you know, just an old school reflection of mine, is that the reality of a score, a goal being kicked and waiting for the umpire to actually give the decision and then the roar that accompanies that has been stolen from a generation with this score review where we're waiting and waiting and we're cheering for a scoreboard. I just don't think that's appropriate. It's not why I fell in love with footy. I didn't fall in love with footy to score, to, to watch a scoreboard. That's a very good point. I I love watching old games from the 80s and 90s where there's no replays or reverse <laughs> yeah. angles or whatever and the ball would yeah. go through and you'd get a half cheer and then you'd yeah. wait to see what the yeah. goal umpire's doing and he walks to the yeah. middle and signals the goal and you get the full yeah. the proper cheer. I love that. Oh. We should... We it was the golden era of goal umpiring with the, the white lab coats and all, all that yeah. and the, the, the hats. I tell you, the commentators didn't carry on about umpiring if you listen to those <laughs> things. They just don't talk about it. I'd actually yeah. love to do, but I won't have the time, the number of words wasted on umpiring by commentators versus what they were in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> oh, it would be analysis. very high. But, Maybe we should put a tarp. Yeah. Maybe we should put a tarp over the scoreboards or the big screens during a game just so everyone can... Be focused single-mindedly on the on the football alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like just tarp it over as we do the, the score review. I don't even show <laughs> the score review; just purely focus on the goal <laughs> umpire. So we're watching him. Uh, I don't mind that. <laughs> like have a curtain come over, <laughs> someone operating it, um, and it's it's just added an extra layer of vitriol, even at the games. Like aside from the talkback, almost every time, unless it is the most clear verdict of all time, uh, yeah. you almost always side with the decision that's going to go in your team's favour, um, oh, even absolutely. if it's very, very clear, and you'll boo it if it goes against your team. And it's just uh, added an extra layer of whinging, which I don't like mm. one bit. But, Peter, I know we're running out of time, so I reckon we move on to your third dislike. Yeah, well, the third dislike is kind of a strange one, but it's the excessive use of the word ruthless to cover poor decisions. And it's more about, really, the euphemisms that football clubs use. We're being ruthless. They may as well say, we have been hopeless. And we're trying to cover up this decision by making an equally harsh decision that gets rid of some bloke. But, you know, that's footy and you've got to be ruthless. It makes me sick. I think there's a a recent example that you're probably pointing to here with the the Brett Ratton decision to axe... Absolutely. Ben Rutten as well. Ben Rutten. Well, you know, you've got to be ruthless to have success. Okay, you've won one premiership in 140 years, so that's good luck with that. You've actually really shown that. And you look at Geelong, I don't think Geelong uses the word ruthless as often as uh, some of these other clubs. Essendon, we have to be ruthless, but you haven't won a final since 2004. So how are you going with that attitude? It's uh, it's crept into footy. It's just these euphemisms that football clubs use, and watch out for them. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. That's just one example. 
Do you think it's just in clubland, or do you think it's football media as a whole? Football media as a whole, we're all guilty yeah. of it, no doubt about it. It also helps people move on from when they think something's despicable, and people talk about it away away from the airwaves, but then they just kind of cover it up and say, "Oh well, that's footy. It's brutal. It's ruthless. <laughs> you know, it's a ruthless decision." <laughs> It's, it's like this saying is, it's a brave decision, you know? Yeah. <laughs> this is this is so footy dictionary. I, I'm, I'm loving this. Um, and yeah. there's – well, you, you mentioned brave. Oh, brave is bandied about, like, on the field as well um, when players are – well, like, going back with the flight and, like, players are often labelled brave even though they have no idea that another player is about to smash into them. So it's not brave. It's just kind of – like uh, unknowing of what's going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, um, it's also the overplaying of brilliant skills or, you know, any of these sort of, a lot of the commentary um, cliches that mm. they use are not necessarily that brilliant. I mean, they're good, but as I remember speaking to Marty Clark, who came from Gaelic football, and he said, everyone would say I'm a brilliant kick. It's unbelievable that you're such a brilliant kick. And he said, I spent six months doing nothing but kicking. You'd think that I'd be able to kick after doing that. I mean, it's, and he's right. <laughs> it's right. Got bravery bravery is an interesting, uh, yeah, an yeah, interesting I was, one. I was going to say before, Harper, I'd argue that going back with the flight without knowing what is there constitutes bravery, but... Oh, yeah, that was probably a poor example, but there are instances yeah, where bravery is used in the wrong way. I'd yes, I, I do understand what you say. A brave yeah. selection call. I love that one. Oh yes, that's Brave that's more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and and particular... that when you say that's a brave selection curl, basically what you're saying is I don't know what the hell they're thinking there. <laughs> uh, what, what other ones yeah. irritate you particularly, Peter? I know you you uh, have a whole lot on the list, I'd imagine. <laughs> Well, it's yeah, no. It, now that you've caught me on the spot, I'm struggling to think of them. But um, uh, I mean, all the anything that a football administrator says about football, so a president or a CEO says about football, you can actually listen to them, and you'd probably be able to get at least fifteen laughable words that they've used. Um, we're all in. We're all in. I mean, no one, no footy clubs ever all in. You know, um, there's a inside good feel the about the place. Yeah, inside the floor, that's a classic. There's a buzz. <laughs> there's a, there's a, you know, the playing group's feeling really good. Yeah, no, he's disappointed, but, um, you know, he's a real professional and he'll get over it. it means he's absolutely filthy. They're just euphemisms. That uh, I, I haven't got great ones to, to list at the moment, but I'll let you know when I do because they pop up regularly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Credit to the Boys is a classic that's wheeled out in every oh, single post-game interview on, yeah. on field, isn't it? But credit to the opposition yeah. as well. Well, course. the other thing you notice is with the AFLW, and I, I don't mean to, uh, but they use the same lingo. It makes me laugh. Everyone's using the same thing. And they're they're much gentler, I'd say, in their analysis in the AFLW as well. Maybe it's because, like, the the quality isn't as high because the players haven't been playing for as long and the skill level just isn't. They they don't want to. And you have to be be a little bit gentler, Um, not for any particular reason, but just it's it's evolving. Um, (laughs) They do love, and I was saying this to a colleague, which, 
but they love celebrating goals in AFLW. I know they do in the as well, but gosh, they go absolutely bananas <laughs> when someone kicks a goal. And I kind of love that joy. It's like, um, you know, when you kick a goal as a junior, but um, the person who kicks the goal is often still smiling when the ball's bounced. <laughs> Hamish, I know we love talking about the passion with which players uh, sing the song. If we if we were to wheel out the the gustometer for AFLW song singing post game on the field, it would be almost breaking. the The gauge would be go, going off, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's like a grand final get together at the end every time. Yeah, like yeah, after no, round absolutely. Three and they're singing the song. I, I don't mind that though. I love the enthusiasm. Oh no, yeah, I, I agree. I love it. But uh, it would be on the cane corns. They've celebrated too much every week. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't won a premiership yet. You're not even in the eight. Come on, <laughs> get serious. Exactly. Knuckle down. <laughs> but Peter, uh, I know you've got to get back to work. So um, thank you very, very yeah. much for coming on the show, mate. Um, I really appreciate great. you. Great value. You guys. Yeah, yeah, we'll um, we'll uh, say hello to Sam and sorry for the stuff up early, but um, yeah, it's been good to talk footy with you guys. I'll come back again next year. Sam, oh, you'll have me back. Oh, love you back. We'd love to have you back, and we'll, we'll get a list from you of your uh, most uh, hated <laughs> annoy- words. annoying, um, hated words. Yeah, exactly. We'd love that. Um, but thank you very much, mate. And Hamish, thanks to you as well. Appreciate it no, as always. Thank mate. you, and thanks, Peter. It's been been a pleasure. Yeah, no, it's been great to talk to two people who barrack for such uh, underperforming football clubs. Absolute pleasure. <laughs> Just a little cheap shot Pretty on the boys. way out. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to the listeners as well. We'll catch you next week, guys.